Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Enjoy the day going after your dreams. Today on the show, I invited my fellow speaker, sister, and friend, Carla Morell, who is a speaker and is known as the event maximizer. She teaches entrepreneurs and coaches how to throw profitable live events to grow their business, reach financial freedom, and of course, we want to set our own hours, get to travel, and basically live the dream life as so many women entrepreneurs do. This former attorney built a successful business from the ground up without an email list or fancy website. However, after having all of her 2020 live events canceled due to the pandemic, Carla decided to intentionally grow by completing a mental and physical challenge. She lost 15 pounds, read every day, and eliminated everything that did not serve the women she was destined to become. She's here to talk about her journey, like overcoming her bread addiction, and she's here to inspire you on how you can reach your dream goals too. Carla, take the mic. I don't think I can do this. It's what I kept telling myself as I saw the task in front of me. I have embarked in the most challenging physical and mental journey that I ever thought possible. It required for me to work out not once but twice a day, drink a gallon of water, not cheat ever in any of my meals, eat super clean, be very strict and disciplined. I don't think I can do this. I kept saying over and over because at the time I decided to do this, I was at my lowest point. I was at the point that after working really hard for eight years, I had lost each one of my clients due to the COVID pandemic. It was at the time where I'd let go completely of every wellness advice that I ever received and I was drinking too many COVID cocktails and eating way too many snacks. I have gained 15 to 20 pounds that were not serving me. I was depressed. I was constantly thinking that my business was failing. I was hopeless. My one thing that have overgot me through everything is my confidence. And at that point, I had lost not only my confidence, but also my sense of purpose. I was so scared of doing this. And at the same time, I so knew that I needed to do something different, that I needed a change because I could not possibly be the leader that I always wanted to be, the leader that I knew was inside of me if I had things like bread or beer holding power over me. I knew something needed to change. I needed to be a bigger leader so I could take bigger actions and just overall be able to lead and inspire other people. That's what leadership is about. Inside of how afraid I was, I also was ashamed. I was feeling shame of what if I fail? So it was very important to me to keep this to myself. Like I have always done in the past, I always kept goals to myself. Actually, if I look back, not a single year I wrote down my goals. My husband, on the other hand, he loved writing his goals. Not only he writes them down, he measures them every quarter, every month. It's pretty annoying to me. What I realized at that moment is that it was my fear that was precluding me for not only writing those goals, for in, but in this instance, to come forward and tell everybody what I was doing. It was not that I couldn't do it. It was that I couldn't believe that I could do it. But this time, this time was going to be different. More than accountability, I wanted to do something and not just try it, but actually do it. Trying was not an option for me because at the lowest of my lowest points, 
When I had nothing to lose, I could only move forward. So I entered my husband's office and I said, we need to have a serious conversation. He knew I was in bad shape. He saw the tears. He saw the desperation in my face. He saw me working 15 hours a day and making no progress. He saw my business vanishing under my hands. And I told him what was going on. I told him that I had, even though I was overwhelmed with everything that was happening with my business and with life and with homeschooling, I needed to do this challenge because I needed to change. I needed to feel that I was in control of something when everything else around me was out of control. And I told him, would you join me? Would you support this journey? Most importantly, would you believe that I can do it? And his first reaction was, how can I help? I'm thinking that he's going to try to talk me out of it. And he, what he, all he wants to do is support me because he said, I absolutely believe that you can do it. And that was day one of my journey. 75 grueling days later, not only I finished the challenge, I crushed it. I'm sitting at a table on day 74, having breakfast with my husband. And he asked me, oh, you must be really excited. Just one more day and you are going to be able to eat bread again or pancakes or, or the delicious things that you like for breakfast. I look at him and I said, actually, I am not excited. I'm afraid. I don't want this challenge to end. And I said, why are you afraid? I said, because the day I told you in your office that I was going to do this, my decisions were already made. I was going to do it. For the next 75 days, I knew the things that I could do and the things that I was not going to allow myself to do. Now, on day 76, life becomes the challenge. The challenge is not over. It's just the beginning. That's the time that I am going to have to make every single decision. I'm going to have the choice of what serves me and what doesn't serve me anymore. I'm going to have the decision to act the way I want to be led so I can lead others. This is the day I learned what self-leadership means. It means the ability and the willingness to take control of your own life without nobody having to keep you accountable to take control of the things that you really want to do because you want to become this person. On day 76, I actually decided that the challenge was not over, that I was going to continue with all the great habits that I have created in the last 75 days. I certainly look like a different person outside, but the biggest change was inside of me. I was a completely different person. I was the person that enjoyed making healthy choices for herself. I was the person who loved nourishing her body and most importantly, her mind with positivity. I was the person who liked to move her body, not to punish herself because she has eaten something that was quote unquote bad for her, that she enjoyed moving her body because she could, because it's a celebration of the things that we can do it because it made me feel stronger. So on day 75, I decided I was just going to keep going. And then day 100 came and then 125th came and then 142nd. At some point, I started taking more, more pictures and documenting everything in social media, not to gloat about what I would have done or the way I looked, which was definitely an improvement, but to inspire people, to tell them that they could do it too. And soon enough, I started getting messages from people telling me, you're really inspired. I can't believe what you have done. I can't believe you did this in the middle of the pandemic. I can't believe you not only completed that challenge, but you continued and you look amazing. And my response will always be, imagine if you know how I feel inside of, it, of inside of myself. What you can see outside is just a minimal percentage of how I feel. 
So I took on that. And what I can tell you is that in the middle of the pandemic, even though I've been spending years helping entrepreneurs, finding their audiences and clients and growing their businesses, I found my real legacy, which is not only to inspire people, but to move them into action, to show them that speaking about your goals is what's going to propel you to get them, to teach them that when you want to be somebody, you can't be somebody by watching other people do it. If you want to become a runner, you can just watch other people run. You got to put your shoes and run. That taking action, intentional action is the only way to get the things that we want. And you can do it whatever the circumstances are. Not on January 1st, not on your birthday, but in the middle of a worldwide pandemic in March, in a month that nobody sets goals for themselves. And for that, I'm going to give you three or four tips that will be helpful for you, whether you have never set a goal for yourself, like I never wrote my goals before, whether you have set some goals for yourself on New Year's and accomplished some of them, or whether you're a person that usually reaches all their goals and you're looking to take it to the next level. All these tips are for you. Number one, decide the timeline on which you want to accomplish your goal. For myself, I gave myself 75 days because I knew that that will help my mind to know that there was an end in sight, even though halfway through it, I decided that I was never going to be the person that I was before. So setting a timeline for yourself makes it real and helps you, helps, holds yourself accountable or when you want to start and when you want to end. I can assure you, if you do this halfway through it, you will never want it to end. Second, make it easy. One way that you can make things easy for yourself is to recognize it was your energy rhythm. Your energy rhythm is what I call the peak of your day. I'll give you an example. For the longest time, I tried to work out at 7.30 in the morning, just because in my mind, it would be easier to work out at that time, so I will have the rest of the day to do my work and do the other things that I have to do. However, it was always a struggle, because back then, I wasn't a great sleeper, so in the morning, I had no energy. Also, I had to prepare my kids to go to school, so it was always really hard to get there, and by the time I get there, which was always late, I was flustered, and I didn't really feel like working out. With time, as I took on my challenge, I realized that I have the most energy at the end of the day between my energy starts elevating at noon and it gets to its peak at about three or four. So I switch my day. Easy. I switch all the activities that I was trying to do in the afternoon and did it in the morning. Things like meditating, writing, reading that require less of energy and is more leisure activities. And I switch the workouts for the afternoon. I also establish a trigger a positive trigger, which is the third thing that I want you to do. I suggest that you identify your positive triggers and your negative triggers. A positive trigger is something that will put you in a state of mind and an environment that for good habits. And a negative trigger does the opposite. For me, a positive trigger is going to pick up my son at daycare. I, ha- I know I have to pick him up before 5.30. I don't have an option. That decision is already made for me. And I also know that once I'm in my car and I'm dressed and I already have to pick up my son, which is pretty close to my gym, might as well just go. So picking up my son became my trigger, not only to indicate that it was time to work out, but also to end my workday. So what time, by the time I got home, it was just all about dinner and spending time with the family. Identify your negative triggers. A negative trigger for me, it's bread. And if you follow me in social media, I talk a lot about bread in those first 30 days of my challenge. I was a slave of bread. Bread was everything. And I realized that once I put bread on my mouth, 
I can't stop. And it also opens the door to cake or cookies or chocolate or any other things. So what did I do? I say goodbye to bread. It's a trigger. It allows me to just forget about my goals and indulge in other things. So bread is no longer part of my life. My other trigger is my couch. I have the most amazing, comfortable couch. And when I sit on it, I really don't feel like working. I feel like reading, journaling, relaxing, watching TV, of course, because that's the energy that I associate with being on that couch. In the other side, going all the way upstairs to my office gets me into a creative, productive mood. The hardest part is just going upstairs. But once I'm there and I have my water and I have my computer and I have everything that I need, it triggers creativity and work. So what did I do? Stop working on the couch and start and start working in the office. So those three things will really help you. And the, the thing that w- will help you the most, if you take anything from this talk is talk about your goals, not only write it down, but also talk about it to your friends, to your husband, to your kids. I got so attached to that practice that, no, that I started putting in social media But also, I just spoke to my kids about it. They knew that when we were going to get ice cream, mommy was not going to get any. Not because it was forbidden, not because it was bad, because I chose to. Because the person that I had become was not a person that ice cream serves her. So they knew. We actually name it. We, We call it the journey. And they knew that ice cream was not in mommy's journey. And that's okay. It gave me a sense of empowerment rather than deprivation. As you talk about your goals and you start taking the actions to get there, trust me, you're going to start believing that you are the person who can fulfill those goals and in turn, you will become that person. So talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. You can start with a small circle and then you can expand to a wider circle and then to social media if that's something that you do. And I believe me, not only you will achieve your goals, you will inspire others to achieve theirs. I'll leave you with this. The other day I was working at Panera, which is another trigger for my productivity is getting out of my house and go to Panera away from distractions and concentrating on my projects. And I was at Panera and all of a sudden I hear somebody that says, do you know, do you know anything about the Zoom? I look up and there was this older man holding a phone. He clearly was been trying to, had been trying to get into a Zoom call because over my headphones, I could hear people talking. It was really frustrated, but he, he couldn't get in. I stopped what I was doing, asking for his phone, figured out what the problem was, resolved the problem, and got him into his call. Before getting into his call, the Zoom was asking me for his name and password. So I asked him his name. I noticed that he hesitated, and he just simply said, Russ. I wrote it down, and I got into the meeting and gave him back to his phone. He was so grateful. He said, oh my God, thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. It was something about the way he said that. I couldn't have done it without you. There was so much gratefulness in his eyes and his tone. And I was like, oh, great. I got him into his meeting. Maybe it's just book club or something. I put my headphones back on, but he didn't have headphones. So his meeting was really loud. And I couldn't help but overhearing the other people talking. Turns out, Ross, who was late for his meeting, was logging in into his first AA meeting. And then it hit me. I couldn't help but overhear two stories that were shared that I will never forget. This was grueling real life stories of people that are really suffering. And Ross was one of them. From there, I decided that, and I hope you do too, that helping other people with the minimum of gestures can make a huge difference. 
So by you talking about your goals and the things that you want to accomplish and then talking even more about it, when you are the, when you're empowered with the feeling that you have accomplished those goals and tell other people will inspire and help other people, even if it's in a small way. You never know who's watching. You never know who you can impact. It could be your kids, your neighbors, your friends, even the people, even your community on social media that you don't even know in person. So not only set goals for yourself, write it down, talk about it, because you too could be the inspiration for other people. And they one day, they could write you an email, they can text you, or they cannot even think, I couldn't have done it without you. Thank you, Ross, for that lesson. Because my mission is to help women to accomplish their goals so they can do it with my help and my inspiration. Thank you. If you resonated with anything Carla said, you can connect with her on Instagram at the event maximizer or check out her website at www.theeventmaximizer.com. See you next week. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 